Hello and welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Nails here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Debbin, and I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. Kind of chilly out here tonight. A little bit. And I'll just as we we have a studio studio audience, Oscar's Four, here. Four-legged furry studio audience. Yeah, he's out here checking things out. And also we had to record outside as you're getting ready to take a big trip. Yeah, yeah. I'm headed up to Boston and Maine, uh, leaving early, early, early tomorrow morning, which will be, you know, a couple days ago by the time they hear this. But... Uh, but yeah, so on on puppy duty, and since Austin won't let us record, with, take dogs inside, we're gonna take what's l- probably the last opportunity we'll have this year to record outside. So, got a cigar I've been looking forward to. I would continue to banter with you, but I have a cigar I've been looking forward to here in my hand. Is that Naganorsa? No, this is the Balmoral Añejo XO Nicaragua. Excellent. I'm very excited about this smoke. I've been looking forward to getting it. It was in my goodie bag at the Tampa Cigar Bash. Ah. I have two of them. One of them kept in a secure location, and the other one is here in my possession. <laughs> That's I'll, the way you're going to have to do it from now on. Yes, I, I will no longer be able to reveal the location of my cigars. That's right. Retinal scanners and biometric screening. And <laughs> so the wrapper's Nicaraguan. The binder is Brazilian. The filler is Brazilian, Dominican, and Nicaraguan. So this is a lot going into this cigar. Yeah, it is. There's, there's a lot going on here, but man, just the smell of it, the toothiness of that wrapper is so amazing. I'm just really, really thrilled. Excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to mine as well. This was a gift from you just now, and um, I didn't realize, I guess, was this part of your grab bag as well? It was. It's part of the goodie bag as well. So this is the new H. Upman Española by Jose Mendez. Um, I had I heard that they had released this, but I haven't really looked at much about it. Uh, it's a Dominican cigar with andouille, which is my favorite part of the DNA. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, binders Dominican and wrapper is Ecuadorian Sumatra. So it's got a little bit of everything that I just love. That's the only cigar besides the DNA that I've seen that has any Andouille as, in it. As far as I know, that is correct. But it does. It has that rich Andouille wrapper. It right. has that right color. Or the, the Ecuadorian wrapper. Yeah. It just it looks the color looks right on that cigar. But Do I need to rescue Oscar or Jay? Uh, I think they're okay together. Okay. I think, I think we can leave them so happy together. <laughs> and I'll, hold on a second. You start talking for a minute now because I've got to like this cigar. Okay. So... Uh, well, I already took off of the, um, the H. Upman. Is there anything harder to do than to talk when somebody looks at you and, and says, says talk? talk? Yeah, exactly. It says, hey, i got to light my cigar. Hurry up and start talking. There's nothing harder. We just got flashed. Oh. <laughs> and that was not That's pleasant. how you know you've made it. Oh, and we're about to lose the table again. <laughs> so, so there's a lot of distraction. There's a lot of distraction. Right? It's like recording with a spaniel. So, to the listeners who aren't seeing this, uh, I see. Uh, <laughs> she just decided to take the dog. So, just before, I'm, it's, this is the shortest three and a half minutes that we've ever taken to pull the show over. But just so that the listeners understand what happened, just as we were getting ready to uh, start recording, your wife, who is best friend to all things four-legged. Yes. Came out, and Oscar was tied to the tree out here and nearly turned the table over to get to her. And uprooted the tree. And uprooted the tree. It is it is amazing. Uh, there are some people that just 
you know, it's like I always say, I, I, I trust animals and kids implicitly when it comes to whether or not they trust a person. But it's amazing to see people like your wife who just immediately just, I know we're going to be best friends. Right. Yeah, they're just, they're just, she gets along with them. It's amazing. She has, she has many a wonderful quality and only one of them is her ability of the, the canine of the species. Right. But, okay, so let's talk about our first news story tonight. Let's get rolling. I'm, I feel like we've kind of stutter stopped because there's been too much distraction. Yes, but I think we're good now. So we're starting with good news. Yeah, this is from Aficionado, October 25th. Proposal that would have increased cigar taxes has been defeated. The House Ways and Means Committee voted 24 to 15 to approve H.R. 4425 to curtail the youth vaping epidemic, but the... Um, they have decided not to approve the fifteen cents per cigar tax. Right. So and, uh, which cigars still aren't out of the woods. I was talking about this with Austin last night. This still doesn't do anything when it comes to the regular regulatory stuff that the FDA is leveraging over in terms of the price per rebranding and new um, new blends and things like that. But it's still a pretty big win. Uh, to establish a precedent that cigars are their own entity. Right. That cigar and vaping should not be classified under the same umbrella. Right. That's really what it's all about. Um, so it, still, there's still a, rem- a bill alive in the Senate for this tax hike, but usually if it fails in one, it fails in the other. Rarely ever would it not fail in both. Well... That's not entirely true, but when we're talking about a bill that already has such bipartisan support, you know, we've seen an unprecedented amount of partisan politics in the last 15 years, and it just seems to be getting worse. So we, we see a lot, depending on who controls one, where it gets battered about and bonked on the head and then comes out a shadow of its former self, but... Because these bills have such bipartisan support, I'm not expecting it to get the same treatment in the Senate that some of the other bills have lately. Yeah, and I think everybody realizes that curtailing, charging cigar smokers more money is not going to curtail vaping. The two things are totally unrelated. I think even as dumb as politicians are, they can put that together in their two little brain cells playing freeze tag. I think so, too, and I hope so, because... What they don't realize is, you know, cigarettes and vaping rely on the nicotine addiction factor. Whereas cigars are a luxury. And it's all well and good to increase on taxes as far as you want. But what's ultimately going to happen is you're going to price people out of it. And your overall revenue is going to go down because you're going to force people to stop smoking. Because people will just walk away. This isn't cigarettes. This isn't vaping right at some point if the if the hobby becomes too expensive people will either start making their own i think we'll see a lot of that you know if you like i said when i was in ybor city a couple of weeks ago yeah there's people there making their own brand of cigars every day mm-hmm. they're in there they're rolling them so that's a viable option except that will the fda allow that will the fda be able to stop me I mean, are they going to come out oh, and use my barn full of tobacco? You're talking roll your own for personal <laughs> yeah. use. As a, I thought you were talking about like the individual shops that are each their own blend. Well, but. if the FDA had their way about it, they'd stop it because they'd want, want to collect money. But anyway. Interesting fact about that, just because I, I think this is so hilarious. 
um, you know, the moonshining, and uh, you know that took place in Prohibition. Did you know it's still illegal to make your own spirits, even though it's completely legal to make your own beer and wine? Oh, sure, that don't surprise me at all. It it it's a they uh, they draw all these weird conclusions. But anyway, that started out as a happy story, and we went dark. We got to go back to happy. <laughs> I want to talk about. Well, first I want to talk about this cigar. This is a freaking. Is it lighting you on fire already? This is amazing. This is luxurious. This tobacco is full. Um, it's not a strong cigar, but it's a full-bodied cigar. It's got a lot of, a lot of character and a lot of body. I'm really enjoying this. It's um, Mata Norte Brazilian tobacco, not Matafina Mata Norte, which I guess is Matafina. What's Fina? Is Fina the middle? Or the end? No. Uh, depending. Yeah, it could be. Well, this is Mata Norte Brazilian tobacco that they use in this cigar, yeah. which I think is really interesting, which may just be another way of saying Matafina, but I still like the the ambiance well, of it. Norte would be north, which is why I think, you know, so I, I don't know. But this is amazing. This this Balmoral and Yeho Nicaraguan, I'm really enjoying yeah. I'd like to have it in a little bigger size. This is the Rothschild. Okay. But I am learning, you know, today, um, this morning, my morning cigar, I grabbed a JFR that had been in my goodie bag. And it was the Toro. And the Toro is usually, you know, not a size I smoke, but this morning it was fine to smoke it. Right. I was amazed at the difference in flavor in that same cigar in the Toro and that same cigar in the Jackhammer. Yeah. It's you know, the 8 eight by 60 Jackhammer that I smoke here a lot, it's so different. You know, contrary to popular belief, size does matter. It does. I mean, it makes all the difference in the world in the flavor of these cigars. It does. So I, what, I appreciate you bringing us up highbrow from that. I was I was teetering off a ledge, and you were the lifeline. Uh, so my cigar... Which says something about the state of affair in your life. <laughs> if I'm the lifeline, <laughs> something's, something you've made a bad I've choice. made a horrible error, yes. Uh, so this is fantastic. Uh, the draw is a little thicker than I would like, but I think I'm about to get past it. Um, it's right... There is where it firms well, up. Well, and I think also that's a little bigger stick than you usually smoke. No, that's that's right in my wheelhouse. That's a Toro. Oh, is that a Toro? It that's a Toro. To like a Gordo. No, that's a six by. I'd say probably fifty four, fifty six. No, this is yeah, this is right in my wheelhouse. I am really loving what Upman is doing lately, and their collaborations and everything. I, I'm not going to call this part of the Grupo de Maestro series because it's really not, but it's part of that same line of thought that they're going right. down. And I, it's funny, I was over at Casa earlier today and picked up one of the H. Upman, uh, Nicaraguan, uh, the A.J. Fernandez that I love so much. And so this is a great cigar to hit right on the heels of that. Yeah, it's good that you kind of have the opportunity to compare the two. Mm-hmm. You can really compare the two and see what they feel like. I'm, yeah, outstanding cigar. I'm not getting just a whole lot of flavor out of it yet, other than the Anduyo. Now, the Anduyo, to me, has a very specific flavor that I'm having a hard time kind of putting into words, but I can taste that. I'm not getting much of anything else yet. It's not quite San Andreas. No, San Andreas is, yeah. Yeah, San Andreas you can always pick out. So, let's talk about a bargain on a cigar. I've been I've been wanting to talk about this story all day. All right. The 2019 Breeders' Cup Classic. This is from the Sport Magazine, America's best racing magazine. The Longines? Longines? Is it Longines? That watch company? 
L O N G I N E S. Longines Breeders Cup Classic. Marquee race in the autumn. So this is one of the big races in the autumn. You know, we had the Kentucky Derby. It's in the spring, isn't it? Yeah, it's in usually March or April. Yeah, so, and so the Breeders' Cup is kind of wrapping the year up. The I can get into the number of losses and who's the favorite and all that, but none of that really matters to me. 7.70 odds to one on the Triple Count Hero, American Pharaoh, and the Great Cigar. Hmm. This horse's name is Cigar. And this is they're tied for the lowest priced winners in race history. So there's a bargain on a cigar this week. If you happen to be going to the Breeders' Cup, just just go ahead and put down a little money on cigar. It's listed as a bargain. Yeah, and apparently his cigar it's it's an aged a well aged cigar too. He's 13 years old. No, he would have been three during. So yeah, he's 16 years old. Yeah, that's an old that's old, that's old for a racehorse. Yeah, I mean that's the Breeders' Cup though. That's where. Once, once you take you know, the the Kentucky Derby, the all of the Triple Crown races, right? Those horses are all three years old. So it, Breeders' Cup is that. So that's once once you're past your prime racing age, you, you these guys that own these horses, they make all their money by studying them out. So, so this is the that's senior literally tour. why they call it the Breeders' Cup. How great would the Senior PGA Tour be if we called it the Breeders' Cup? Tour? <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> I think we ought to incorporate a little horse racing into that. So something else I want to talk about. I think about. we should all give them weird names as well. <laughs> so this article. And Santa's Biscuit with a tough shot from the bunker on nine. So I made you speechless. That never happens. Well, I had to stop and take a puff off my cigar. <laughs> no, I'm I'm about to to incur your wrath and your ire. So I had to get prepared. I had to step back and prepare myself. The New York Times. Did you look at this article when I sent it to you today? I haven't yet, but I've got it up here. A smoke-filled room and one last champion. A oh, trip to no. the in the New York Times, baby. A trip to the cigar-smoking world champion. They are no longer a reputable periodical in my mind. Confirms that competition, regardless of the discipline and the contestants, remains just a state of mind. Split Croatia. The smoke machine machine seems redundant. This was the cigar-smoking world champion. I love the gravitas of this article. Well, and I especially... But there it was, next to the laser lights and the rattling sound system... Oh, my gosh, what are they doing over there? The best smokers in the world are here tonight, Billick declared. I disagree. <laughs> I think you and I are among the best smokers in the world. I think so, but and I love all the pictures are really artistic and in black and white. Oh, my gosh. This is absolutely hilarious. I love the gravitas of this article. I just love, oh, here. The smokers lit their matches. The look room at, fell silent. Look at the smoky crystal <laughs> ashtray. Somebody set up that. <laughs> So, if you get time, go to the NewYorkTimes.com and read this article about the cigar smoking world championship in Split Croatia. Could uh, they had? To can pump. you stop bringing those articles? <laughs> but this is from the Times. I'm as big a fan of the Times as anybody. <laughs> I couldn't let the Times article not not be adhered to. I absolutely had to. But I mean, if you look at it, they're all drinking wine. There's food in I front believe of them. They're holding is cigars. The only allowed. I think bourbon, whiskey, and scotch are the only allowed beverages. Well, they're only allowed while you're smoking. Mm-hmm. Okay, but this is obviously... Well, I don't know. There's oh, some okay. guy there's holding a cigar. And uh, humans are naturally oh, competitive. No, I've got it. That's how we fix it. You let other people smoke cigars that aren't competing, and they're allowed to smoke whatever they want at any speed they want, anywhere they want. 
So you just get in and just start freight training. The uh, why are you handing me his dog? <laughs> My wife is he getting wa- to be a bit too much for you? My wife just walked up and tried to hand me a dog. <laughs> that, she's trying to get you to take him home. Is what it I is. I've got a cigar in my hand, lady. <laughs> anyway, but carry, but carry on. I just thought this was great. Again, the winner, Igor Igor Kovacic, holds a slow smoking world record at three hours fifty two minutes and fifty five seconds. And I, how would you like to get Drew for this to be your New York Times moment? Right, that's your that's your first byline for the New York Times. Andrew K is the if on oh, October twenty ninth. That's not his first byline by a long shot. Oh, okay. I've read several stuff from him. Okay, other cigar smoking world championship material. No, just other public interest, uh, personal interest stuff. So, another article I found that I really liked is on the travel dot com. Ten best cigars to buy when traveling to Europe. This and this is an interesting list to me. Now, you know what my answer to this is? Was it on the list? Well, oh, I know what your and your answer is actually number eight. Yeah, it's all. it's a different version, but yeah. Number ten is the Ramon Ayones Hermitage. This cigar can be found in Russia. <laughs> only, only, only in Russia. So it, it costs equivalent around twenty dollars for a single cigar or two two pair of Levi's. Earthy taste, hint of pepper and spice. Um, it's the perfect way to kick off your Russian vacation as you peruse the streets with this cigar in hand. That, if I'm, I don't, that just, <laughs> are you, so, I, now, you and I both love cigars. But is the only way you're going to enjoy a Russian vacation if you have a cigar in hand? I don't know that there, I don't know if a cigar could save a Russian vacation. Oh, come on. Keep in mind, I, I grew up in the 80s. I grew up when the Russians were the enemies. The times you've grown up, the the you know the Russians have, are just barely trying to keep food in their mouth. So no, it's a, I, a big difference in the times in which we grew yeah, up. But, but I grew up on the movies that were made in the time that you grew up in. Yeah, Rocky IV. And all, the, all the greats. You break you. So, Hamlet miniatures. We're not going to cover them all, but I do want to hit the high points. These are, um, they're almost everywhere in Europe. They're a lower quality cigar, but they're basically, they look like cigarillos, and you don't yeah. need a cutter. You can just pop one out and commence to smoking it. Yeah, I'm, in fact, you know, a lot of European smokers smoke cigarettes. So this is, this makes sense to me in terms of, you know, form factor being fairly similar, that sort of thing. Uh, that doesn't surprise me that there would be like a Senorita or a Cigarillo on, on the list. Number eight is the Toscano Extra Vecchio. And, uh, I mean, I've talked so much on this show about Toscanos and how much I enjoy them. And it's not surprising at all to see them on this list. I am, however, a little surprised to see them so far down the list at number eight. Well, yeah, that is, which especially as we get toward the top of the list. All right, number seven is a Dutch cigar. We're going to skip it. Um, Kai de Orsay, never heard of it. Number four. Number five, Grant Rocky Patel Grand Reserve Toro. And I, I've never had one of these. It's I haven't first either. released in Europe in a private event back in 18 and slowly released to the rest of the European countries. Do I just want this because I don't have one? Is that, is that the only reason I want this? Is because I want to have a, a cigar made in Nicaragua and sold exclusively, exclusively in, Europe? in Europe? I mean... I definitely think that's part of the appeal. The Number four is the one that draws the most attention for me, however, is the Monte Cristo Hoyita. 
and uh, they cost around nine bucks a cigar, medium to robust. The thing that scares me about this is tangy and fruity flavor. I'm really hoping that doesn't mean it's infused. I don't I, think I, it I does. really would like to think a lot higher of Monte Cristo than that. But these also look like they're in that smaller sort of Corona or long Corona size, which, again, I think is perfect for, you know, for most of Western Europe at least, there's a lot of sitting around outside that happens. You know, a lot of cafes and things like that. So you want a little bit of a smaller cigar, one that can handle... Uh, you know, the time it takes to drink a cup of coffee or whatever. Trey didn't have a stroke. He's had to grab the dog. <laughs> okay, this is a new podcast. Well, no more recording with the dog. It was. It's a one-time <laughs> thing. I've. It's been two and a half years, and I've not done it before. Mm-hmm. I'm fairly certain that I won't do it again. He heard that Ace was on the podcast and tried to eat a microphone, and he got jealous, so you had to bring it. <laughs> so number three baffles me, because these, to me, are the worst cigars. The Quorum Toro, um, about two dollars per stick, which I think is about a buck ninety nine overcharge on these cigars. Quite possibly the worst cigar on the market, as far as I'm concerned. When I see someone purchasing a bundle of Quorums, because he has them here at the shop, because there's always a market for somebody that wants to buy a bundle of cheap cigars. Hang on a second. To be fair, I had him tied to a tree, and he was perfectly fine until your wife came and freed him. Hey, blame my wife all you want. (laughs) You know, when I see someone purchasing a bundle of quorums, I feel bad for them. I feel like maybe they've fallen on hard times. Yeah, like it's something's not going well in their lives. Yeah, I should go buy them a PBR or something, bottle of Colt 45, something something to bring down. So, back when I was still drinking, this was pretty close to when I gave it up, actually. And I had just come from fishing, so of course, you know, I had beer in the car. And I was hanging out at my sister's house down the road, and my parents were over there, and we were getting ready to go to dinner or something. And Dad said, hey, do you have any beer? You just came fishing. I said, sure. I go out to the car, and I bring him back a PBR. He goes, and and, and he was like, ugh. And anyway, but he drank it anyway. My stepmom comes downstairs, and she sees us both sitting there drinking PBR. She goes, what, are we poor? Well, you were going on a canoe trip with us back in the days when you drank, and I told my sister-in-law that she'd have to bring you a six-pack in order to ride in the canoe. And she said, I didn't know they sold PBR because I'd seen you with PBR before. She said she had to go to Publix and dig on the bottom shelf all the way to the back. (laughs) Again, pretty clear that I was getting close to rock bottom. (laughs) Number two, Cohiba Pyramids. Thank you for getting me out of that. (laughs) Cohiba Pyramids Extra. Now, this is interesting. This cigar comes from a company in Switzerland and has a medium to robust flavor. That's interesting. I didn't know that there were Swiss cigars out there. Especially to have the Cohiba name. I didn't. I, I want to find out more about that. That's interesting. We'll have to, have to do a little homework and look into that and see exactly what's going on with that. And number one is proof that people who know know, Shane. H. Upman. H. Upman. Noelis. I have defended H. Upman for years. I remember when the banker first came out. It was it came out with a lot of pomp and circumstance, but then kind of flopped. No one really picked it up. I found it to be quite enjoyable, especially as a breakfast cigar. And uh, and now that they are you know kind of turning the brand around and coming out with these new releases like this one that I'm absolutely loving, it's not surprising at all to see one on that list. 
the problem with the banker for me is I felt like it was overhyped. Everybody was telling me when it come out how great it was, how great it was, and no cigar can live up to that level of hype. You can overhype a cigar very easily. So I, I feel like the I feel like the the banker was overhyped, but this Noella's again. European cigar. I don't know why we spent you know half a show talking about European cigars, but I thought it was cool. I like yeah. to know. I like to know what there's. It, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun to know what people. You know, we talk a lot about how regional cigar tastes. You know, uh, Perdomo is huge in Atlanta, and it's not really that big here. And uh, ring gauges differ you know, region to region. So I, I think it's fun to explore what they're smoking in Europe. Well, let's take a break and let's let you retie the dog to the tree. All right. And then when we get back, I want to talk about how strong a cigar should you smoke. All right. Well, we'll be back with that and more after this. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, standing across the way from the man... His run this weekend will be sponsored by the Fried Bologna Ingredients Defense Council. Ugh. Their motto, you're cooking it at 500 degrees, why do you care how much snout we put in it? <laughs> bologna is one of those foods that I honestly wonder why it exists. I love bologna. I hate bologna. And I'll, if there is stranded on an island with nothing but bologna, I would starve to death. I don't buy that. I, bl- I believe eventually... Bologna, I, I think you, you were you raised on bologna? Did your family eat bologna? No. And I think you kind of got to be raised into bologna. I believe that. Fried bologna, scrambled eggs, best stuff ever. I mean, it wasn't till later in life that I found out it was made from snouts and other less appealing parts of the hog. Lips and thighs of a donkey. <laughs> yeah, it's made, it's, it's made from the throwaway parts of the hog. Let's not be... But, I can, I'm okay with that. I can eat that. I mean, what's what's the difference in eating the ham and eating the snout? It's all pig. <laughs> so. So says you. So anyway, tell me about your Jose Mendez. I am absolutely loving this. It is giving. So I'm a, not. I'm about a third of the way through it now. I stopped and grabbed coffee on the way here tonight, and I'm glad I did. It's pairing very nicely. I'm getting some some nuttiness out of the cigar that's pairing really well with the coffee. Uh, that Anduyo is really coming alive, and it's creating some uh, some fermented flavors, but in in a good way. Um, think yeah, think wine, not kimchi. Yeah. Well, and I mean, fermenting is it's a valid process. It's a valid part of our culinary heritage. So I see nothing wrong. This Balmoral Nicaraguan is. This is really amazing. This is box-worthy. Rarely do you see me grab cigars and say, this is box-worthy after one cigar. This is box-worthy. Wow. I that mean, is very high price for me. that good. I could not recommend it any higher. So before we go any further, so that we can hit it again later in the show, next week, November 6th, the Cigar Cast will be at Big Boy's Cigars for a live smoke. That's right. We're going to show up around 5, record at 6. We're going to do a little bit of a Q&A. We're going to hang out with the owner of the shop and basically just have a good old time and share a cigar with a bunch of friends. So definitely make plans to check out Big Boy Cigar in Dixon, Tennessee, next Wednesday, November 6th. Yeah, great show, great place, great shop, old sandwich shop. Absolutely wonderful place. I love that T-shirt, Jay. 
this is the danger of, of of recording outside. People walk by and you have to make comment. But he's wearing one of my favorite T-shirts. Okay. <laughs> anyway. This show has gone off the rails from the beginning. So, from the manual. Okay, who names these magazines the manual? And I, Am I emphasizing that right? Is it manual or is it manual? I have no idea. Manual is in transmission or manual is in the manual? Um, so, the manual. Mild, medium, or bold, which cigar strength to choose? From their About Us page, the manual is simple. We show men how to live a life that is more engaged. So it's, yeah, it's manual. The manual. Okay. So well, I can, I, as, in, as in a user guide, but with the emphasis on so manly stuff. To figure out what, what level of cigar you should smoke. And, you know, this is a valid argument. This argument is repeated in cigar shops all over the country all the time. I disagree. I think we put too much of an emphasis on it. I think anytime someone comes in and they say, I've never had a cigar before, we immediately point them to a light Connecticut with very little flavor because we don't want to overwhelm them. What we should be doing is saying, is getting to know the person and what their other culinary tastes are like. Do you like coffee? How do you like it? Do you like spicy foods? Do you like oatmeal? You know, do you like bland foods? Do you, you know, whatever it is. And then letting them know, here's an inexpensive option in this, so that if you only make it a third or half of the way through, put it down. It's it's You don't have to finish it. But put them on something that's going to complement the flavors they already know they like. Well, it's interesting, because this is, this is discussed very widely. Because you have your guys that just, they always want to smoke the strongest thing they can possibly get. The strongest cigar they can possibly put in their hand is always what they feel like they need to smoke for reasons of ego and masculinity and all of those things. Then you have the guys that are always going to smoke the light cigars that are, oh, well, I'm not that serious a smoker and things like that. It seems like there's a lot of misconceptions about what I think the strength of your cigar should speak to you. I did. One of the things I like about this article is, is... you know, they say very plainly, no, having a bold cigar doesn't automatically make you a badass. And it doesn't hurt. It, but it's, <laughs> you know, just because just because you enjoy Connecticut's doesn't make you any... This is the same thing I have against people that, uh, like, in the running in the triathlon community. Unless you're running marathons, you don't, you're not a runner, you know. There are plenty of people that run 5 and 10Ks their entire life and are perfectly happy being way faster than the marathoners at that race, and they don't want to go for distance. They, they, they're they happy where they're at. Triathlon, the same. You know, you don't have to do an Ironman to be a triathlete. It's the same thing with the bold cigar. You don't have – you can try Connecticut's, love Connecticut's, and stay with Connecticut's, and, and that's okay. You know, and I think I think it's like most things in life. It's gonna You're going to have a combination – one, how much do you want to spend on a cigar? Right. Are you celebrating the birth of your child? Are you celebrating a promotion at work? Are you celebrating the fact that it's a Tuesday and it's autumn? You know, what, what, is, what is the occasion of your cigar? I don't know that that impacts boldness, though, and strength. I think it does because it, it, it impacts price. If I'm just celebrating that it's the fourth Tuesday in October, I'm probably not going to go for the Padron 1926. Yeah, but at the same time, I would still call a Charter Oak a full-bodied cigar, and that's six bucks. That's true at that price, you know. So, 
you do have to consider what the price is of the cigar. And, and the Ashton White label is absolutely a mild cigar at $13. Actually, I think it's closer to 16 now. Not Never been a fan of Ashton. I haven't either, but uh, not of their primary line. I do like the San Cristobal. Hey, the king of the overpriced, uncomplex, unstrong cigar is we Davidoff. Good. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely the king of the overpriced but underpowered cigar. They're but the, that's that's my point. You know, they're the price, Kia Optima price, of the cigar world. Price doesn't dictate. I'm just going to walk right by that one. Price doesn't dictate strength. True, but don't engage your ego. I think that's the most important thing. If you you can go read the whole article, but really, I want to say, don't engage your ego now. For a person's first cigar. And uh, if they, assuming they like black coffee, let's assume they like their coffee black, they like their whiskey straight, they like their food full flavored, you know, Greek food and German food, let's assume they have what we would call a heavy palate. Mm -hmm. Let's assume they go to the bar and they pick up a Guinness. Do you put them on a Padron? Yeah, potentially. Like a 3,000 maybe? But do you put them... The thing is, I kind of hate, do you start somebody on a Padron? Do you start somebody on the best you got? Or do you start somebody a couple of steps down and let them work their way up to really appreciate a Padron? Yeah, but this it's this gatekeeping ideology that I think we need to get away from. Just because, I mean, do we want people to enjoy the hobby and come back? If we do, then we need to make sure that their first experience is a good one. And I think, yeah, if you think this is the type of person who's going to enjoy the complexity and the flavor profile of a Padron... I mean, again, it doesn't have to be a $26 anniversary series. It can be an $8 3000 It's still a great cigar. Yeah, it's all about, you know, it, it is is your goal to perpetuate the hobby. And, I'll, and my goal is just to enjoy good cigars with fun people to talk to. I don't care what they're smoking, as long as it ain't flavored. I don't care what they smoke. Now, is it? it is still okay to ridicule people that smoke flavored cigars, right? Yes, always. Okay, I just wanted to be sure for, for the record that we could still ridicule those who choose the flavored cigar. And also, this is an interesting article at themanual.com. Um, I really enjoyed, I, I enjoy when offbeat publications do this. Mm -hmm. And I especially like when they do it. And bring in someone who's truly knowledgeable to discuss it. You know, one of the voices of this article is a master tobacconist. So, I mean, you're, it's not just some staff writer who got cast the lot of going to talk about cigars. It's someone who actually knows about cigars and can talk about it intellectually. I think I think we both need to, to do the research and find out what it takes to become a master tobacconist. I do like one of the things that they mentioned in the article, which... Ironically, it's the medium, medium or mild cigars that hold the most complexity. Strong cigars tend to be single-dimension smokes. That's been my experience. One of the reasons I went back to smoking more medium and, and occasionally mild to medium or medium full is, is to get more from the cigar. You know, I smoked strength for strength's sake for a long time, and I burned my palate out. And I smoked a lot of bad cigars in the name of thinking that strength was the flavor. You know, I went through a run where every time I come in, I had to grab an LFD. They were the only thing that were satisfying. They were the only thing that were strong enough to really satisfy. And I think all cigar smokers go through this phase in their life, this phase in their palate, where they, they want to smoke strength for the sake of strength. But I think the the educated consumer reels that in, and they bring their palate back to where they can enjoy an undercrown shade. Now, their recommendations... 
when going through, he found three perfect cigars. I want to see if you agree with this. For mild, he chose the Macanudo Cafe. Too mild. I think, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. You know, at least when people have a tendency to recommend the Perdomo Champagne, that's a flavorful cigar that even as somebody who has a rather developed palate, I still enjoy that cigar. And it's not an every occasion cigar for me, but it's still a good cigar. The Macanudo Cafe, um, much like the Rocky Patel Light, is is like smoking air. I, I just don't get the point. Yeah, you, it, it is. That is that is definitely the mildest of the mild. Mm-hmm. And I'll, if anybody asks me what's my mild cigar, I'm going to put an Undercrown Shade in their hand. That's yeah. just always going to be the cigar I put in their hand. For for me, if it's someone that I am truly trying to get into the hobby and want to show them something good, but that isn't going to knock their socks off, it's the San Cristobal Elegancia. I don't think you can beat a Connecticut. I think that is the best Connecticut on the market. For medium, he chose the Arturo Fuente short story. Cameroon wrapper, uh, medium strength. I, I, I can get on board with that. For a medium cigar, I can definitely get on board with a short story. I can. Uh, I'd rather put him on a La Aurora. The, the short you know, because he kind of undermines himself a little bit, and this is me projecting perhaps a little bit, but when he's, he mentions that medium is for the experienced smoker only. Well, it, the short story to me, when you're talking, is all about the the size more than it is about the flavor. Yeah, the vitola. Yeah, and so I'd be more likely to put a new smoker on a short story because it's it's relatively inexpensive, and it's and you're not committing yourself to a lot of time, and so you're going to be able to get through the flavor changes quickly and kind of determine if it's for you or not. And it still poses enough flavor, and I don't think it's strong enough that it's going to hurt anybody, especially because there's not enough tobacco because it's such a small cigar. You know, I do think you have to put them on a Toro. I think I think the Toro or the Rothschild is the perfect first cigar. I think it's all about the Robusto because you get so much of that wrapper flavor as a um, percentage of the overall cigar. And again, you're not locking them in to an hour and a half and then, you know, end up getting, you know, everyone talks about getting sick after your first cigar or, you know, a lot of people regale those stories. And it's, and I think it's because you have this six inch cigar and you feel like you have to smoke the whole thing. So put someone on a, because that feeling comes internally, not necessarily externally. So they're going to feel like they have to finish the cigar. So set them up for success so that they're not going to have such a big cigar that they get sick. And their bold recommendation is the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series. You can't go wrong with a Padron. As long as you're willing to pay that. Yeah, as long as you're willing to pay. And and if somebody, you know, again, you're celebrating with a cigar, you're willing to to put forth the the money. What would be your bold choice in the the medium range, the workhorse range, the twelve to you know, twelve to fifteen dollars and under? Uh, Milano Serie V or Oliva Serie V, not the Milano. Oliva Series V, that's a good choice. And I'll, I'm probably, I'm telling you, I'm such a fan of Agonorsa Leaf. That's a, that, that's really, but I don't know if I classify that as full. Um, or did you say medium? You said medium. No, you? well, no. no, full, bold. Yeah. Uh, Baganor's Leaf is pretty bold. That's yeah. a pretty bold smoke. There's a lot going on in there, which I consider bold, not necessarily in right. 
you know, not flavor, the Diab- not just strength. Right, not the Diablo. The Diablo, you know, if you want strong cigar for the money, buy a Diablo. Mm-hmm. It's going to give you the strongest cigar for the money you can possibly put your lips on. I mean, the Camacho Ecuador is a great cigar in that uh, in that kind of designation as well. And I actually, a friend of mine came over to smoke this weekend. And he and I were sitting on the back porch, and before he left, I said, "Hey." I've got to send this cigar home with you. And I sent him home with a Buffalo 10. Oh. And he was just messaging me during the show about what a cigar that is. I've, I've got one in the car. That's going to be my, my nightcap tonight. That's that's just an amazing smoke. I can't say enough good yeah. stuff. And they do sell those at Big Boy's Cigar, where we'll be next week. That's fantastic. I was just talking to somebody a couple days ago about how I've still got one left, and I've been nursing it. Because I don't want to smoke all I have until I know I can get my hands on more. Yeah, the Buffalo 10, just a great smoke. Um, that fruitwood flavor, that San Andreas wrapper, it's just hard to beat it. I'm going to go on the record now so that hopefully you can remember, remind me in a couple of months when we do the Stogie Awards that Buffalo 10 is my cigar of the year. Ooh, boy, that's a bold. That's bold. Man. I don't think I'm going to beat it. I mean, in terms of um, value for dollar, um, expectations you know how it lived up to or surpassed expectations that was that was the biggest maybe not cigar of the year but like biggest surprise the 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 cigar that really just knocked my socks off this year i can't think of one that's been bigger definitely rookie of the year there you go definitely rookie of the year material um the price and part of it is the pricing on those at five bucks a stick that's just an amazing smoke and uh so Great. The last thing I want to hit is I always love to touch a little bit of his of his store of cigar festivals. Sunday, December eighth, will be the Cigar Heritage Festival in Ebor City. Are you going back? I probably not because that's during deer season. Oh, there you go. You know, deer season's open, and I, deer season's such a short window in the year. I hate to miss a weekend of deer season for anything. And all, and in future shows we'll talk about my my big buck cigar. I always have always when I go when I go hunting I have a doe cigar, I have a medium buck cigar, and I have a big buck cigar. All right. So we'll, when does when does the season end? The season ends January first. Oh, okay. Every year in Tennessee. Now in Alabama it ends a little later. It ends the thirtieth because they're a little further south. But in Tennessee it usually ends the first weekend in January. But the Cigar Heritage Festival by J C Newman. It's going to be at the park, at Centennial Park in Ebor City. We were by Centennial Park. Very pretty. Chickens everywhere. Be ready. You will be contending with the roosters. Uh, meet and greet with Arturo Fuente and the J.C. Newman Cigar family. And Nestor Miranda will be there from Miami Cigar. That's a pretty good turnout. Yeah. And our gourmet food trucks. And the food truck has really changed how cigar festivals and festivals in general are orchestrated. It really has. And the food truck, I mean, has really revolutionized a lot. I, I remember when I was in college, you know, it was the taco truck. The food trucks didn't really exist, just sort of taco trucks. You pretty much had to live in Texas or in the Southwest to be able to, to go to them. Nowadays, you've got grilled cheese and Cajun food and Thai food and anything you could possibly want. And that's what I love about festivals in, in Nashville in particular. They usually get like 12 of them. They all line up. Well, very interesting. You ought to go ahead and get your tickets now for this. It's a culture heritage festival, and there's so much culture in Ybor City. So many different people there. Um, absolutely wonderful. But 
Let's wrap it up. Let's pronounce judgment on the Jose Mendez. Six. Solid six. Solid six. This, yeah, this Balmoral is a solid six and a half, six and three quarter. This is a outstanding smoke. This is box worthy all day long. I'm really excited. There's another Balmoral out there that I haven't smoked yet. Now I'm excited to get my hands on it. I'll be, I'll be haunting the cigar shops here locally to try to find that. Excellent. Well, until next week, uh, you can get a hold of us at facebook.com slash the cigarcast and Instagram and Twitter at the cigarcast. And we do hope that you will uh, come see us on November 6th over at Big Boy Cigar Lounge in Dixon. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening, and until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us. Mm-hmm.